So last week Sunday, we began looking at the subject, um, Thy Kingdom Come. Amen. And that we began looking at prayer because the, the revelation of kingdom is captured in the prayer Jesus to the disciples. Luke chapter 11. Let's go there quickly. Luke 11. Like I said, I, I was really hoping that I could come around next week Sunday, but Makai said I have a program somewhere, but I'll, I'll see. Is my reader ready? Who read for me last week Sunday? Okay. Luke chapter 1 verse, chapter 11, I beg your pardon, verse 1 and 2. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 and 2. Luke 11, the verse number 1 and 2. Yes. Luke chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples too. And he said unto them, when ye pray, Say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen. And so we began with this scripture, and for the sake of those who are not here, and those who may have forgotten, we looked at the characteristics of a man of prayer. And I tried to make you understand that it's important for you to be a man of prayer. Prayer is not an event. Prayer is supposed to be your lifestyle. And remember, I told you that if you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a Christian life. How many of you remember? How many of you remember? Oh, how many of you remember? But all of you came here last week. And I mean, yeah, exams, you know. Can I get plain sheets out of all A4 sheets? Say amen. So we said that if you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a Christian life. Are we together? And so we said that a man of prayer believes in the supernatural. A man of prayer believes in God's supremacy in the supernatural. We said a man of prayer is a humble person. Prayer is a sign of humility. We said prayer is a sign of, of faith. Or yes, sign of faith. We said a man who prays is a man of action. You don't pray and sit down waiting for things to happen. When you pray, you move. Somebody say amen. And we said that a man of prayer is a man of the word. I didn't add this. A man of prayer is a man of love. Say love. Come on, say love. Because you see, no matter your Christian experience and no matter your spirituality, if there is no love, your spirituality is bogus. Is somebody here? No matter your spirituality, like Paul said, you can prophesy, you can do all kinds of miracles, you can do, I mean, everything that people would tag as spiritual. But in the absence of love, your spirituality is empty. Somebody say love. And so a man of prayer is a man of love. Then we look at the content of prayer. And as thank you. <laughs> That's a joke anyway. But can we can you help me? Prayer content. Point number one. If I don't get it, I'll continue. We'll go over. Yes, one. I was telling my people last week Sunday that our church is not a prayer camp. This is not a prayer camp. Oh, so I say prayer camp. No. When you come here, we study. So content of prayer. Now we say that the content of a man's prayer. <laughs> reveals the core of his heart. Have you found your notes now? You found it. Three over ten. Number two. We said that it is a focus of his life. We said that the content of your prayer. Reveals the place of God in your life. Or in your heart. Amen. 
So now back to Luke chapter 1, the verse number 2. He said, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, or which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then he says, thy kingdom come. That is where we get our theme. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody say amen. Now, okay. So from the, the prayer that Jesus teaches the disciples, Jesus focuses on one thing. Or the content of the prayer reveals one thing to us. And what is that thing? Jesus is showing us that kingdom awareness and kingdom focus must be the definition of your Christian life. Let me say it again. Jesus captures a very important truth, principle, revelation in the lost prayer. And that truth is that kingdom consciousness kingdom awareness kingdom focus kingdom advancement must be the definition of your christian life what it means is that it doesn't matter what you do or are doing or intend to do as a believer if your christian life is not advancing the kingdom of god you have missed it your Christianity is incomplete because the definition of your Christian life is the advancement of the kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Come on, say kingdom. And so I want you in these teachings, number one, to have a kingdom consciousness. And I explain why. And I want you to have the heart of kingdom advancement. Hear me, church. Every single person on earth is here for a reason. And I'm sure that you know. But let me go one step further. You are in the kingdom or you are a Christian for a reason. Can you say I'm a Christian? For a reason. Come on, say I'm a Christian. For a reason. Now watch this. When you become born again. Now, being born again is an experience. A lot of things happen for you to get born again. So many things. We won't go into that. But after your born again experience, the next experience you must seek is the revelation of the kingdom and the role God wants you to play in the kingdom of God. Can I go over? After your born again experience, the next focus of your life is that why did God bring me into the kingdom? Why did God give me the privilege of being born again? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? My goodness. Why did the son of God indeed, how did the word of God take on the form of flesh? Give me his life. Die in my place. Buried in my place. Raised in my place. Why did he do that? For many Christians and for many church folks, our Christian experience is only about being born again. Hello? We have not been mentored to understand that your born again experience brings you into the kingdom. When you have come into the kingdom, you must find out why am I in the kingdom and what can I do to advance the kingdom. Say that kingdom come. Come on, say that kingdom come. Once again, say that kingdom come. Oh, come on, say thy kingdom come. So the reason for salvation is for you to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. The reason for your born again experience, sir, is for you to enter into the kingdom of God. 
Ah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That what? Go ahead. Let's say it together. I hope you remember. Mm -hmm. Would not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Oh, can I tell you something? <laughs> everlasting life is not life after death. I hope I don't digress too much. Hello? Everlasting life is not life after death. Now truly, there is life after death. And life after death is eternal life. But when the Bible says that God gave us his son, so we have eternal life. He wasn't talking of eternal life as in life after death. He is talking about the life of God being given to you. What does it mean? When Adam fell, the Bible makes us understand that we all fail. So the life of a person who is not born again is a dead life. It's a fallen nature. When you become born again, you lay aside the fallen nature and now you take on the life of God. It is called Zoe. Says Zoe. Says Zoe. Now, my goodness, and you need to understand that God did not infuse, God did not inject Zoe in you just for you to wake up in the morning, put on your dress, go and know there is a reason why God gave you Zoe. There is Hello? Can you say money is an equipment? <laughs> if you can get this one, I've done a good job this morning. Money is an equipment. The anointing is not to make you feel good. It's not to make you feel proud. The anointing is an equipment. The grace that God puts upon an instrumentalist, on a worshiper, on a preacher, on any person is an equipment it's a tool to help you do something and that something is to advance the kingdom and so as an instrumentalist as a worshiper whatever your role and your work and your calling may be the question to ask <laughs> how Am I advancing the kingdom of God? Say that kingdom come. Three things, quickly. After your born again experience, your assignment is for you to know the king, for you to know God. Hmm. My, my, my. Say knowing God. Somebody say knowing God. This season, I'm taking my time to teach you. Next man to do the jumping and the screaming, the laying of hands. Where's the guy who said he had lost his sense of smell? I prayed for last week. Is he here? He didn't come. Or is a seek to know God? For it is those who know God that do exploits. Somebody say knowing God. Come on, somebody say knowing God. The second thing you must seek to know the heart of God, the vision of God for your generation i have been saying severally from the very first day that there's an assignment god has for our generation there's an assignment that god has for the end time church say the end time church and so if you are in the kingdom for such a time as this you must seek to know one the king 
Seek to know his vision for your time. And three, you must give yourself to pursue that vision. Hmm. Say that kingdom come. I, I, I love the atmosphere this morning. Say that kingdom come. Knowing the king, knowing his heart, pursuing his heart. If I can sum it up like that. Somebody say amen. Now, why is it important for us to have a kingdom consciousness and a kingdom awareness hmm. why is it important for us to have an overriding kingdom consciousness and kingdom awareness why is it important that the definition of your Christian life must be to advance the kingdom of God why somebody say why before we go to our next scripture I'll give you the points they will go to the scripture number one the reason you need to know and have the consciousness of kingdom advancement like you said number one is because that is your calling say it is my calling say it is my calling to advance the kingdom of God now the second point is the reason for all the things I'm, I'm saying and it is where we'll begin to climb from next month so the reason we must have a kingdom consciousness is because it is your assignment to advance the kingdom. Number two, which is the most critical. Let me read it for you. Though it's in my mind. Listen. And write this down in capital letters. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? God has nothing to give you if he has nothing to do with you. Hmm. My goodness. I'll wait for you to write it down. This month, you are going very cool and calm. Can I repeat it? God has nothing to give you if he has nothing to do with you. <laughs> God has nothing to give you if he has nothing to do with you. Don't forget I said some few minutes ago that when you enter the kingdom of God after your born again experience everything that God gives you or everything that is available in, within the economy of the kingdom is an equipment, an endowment for the advancement of the kingdom. Hmm. Please listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Anything that God would give you is because of what he has to do with you. Hello? Anything that God would give you is because of what he has to do with you. Many years I taught in a certain seminar that one of the easiest and quickest ways to attract an anointing from God is to discover your assignment. Now, many people spend time in prayer, in fasting like I do. I like praying. I like fasting. And I know our brother is a man of prayer. I love to pray. I, I pray. I pray. 
I, I, my goodness, I pray and I fast. Just some few days ago, I finished some 21 days fasting. The day I ended, the Holy Ghost said, <laughs> another one from tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, 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 that day. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we seek the face of God in praying, in fasting, for the anointing, for the power of God to stay up the gifts. All those things are good. But the, the greatest way to receive something from God is to find something to do and to do the thing you found. When you find something to do, God is committed to anointing you. Oh, are you here? When you find something to do in church, he is committed to anointing you. Oh, look at this. Yesterday in the evening, my, my organist has traveled. So I was looking for a, a keyboardist. So I called somebody to call a certain organist. Um, I won't mention the name. He's a very good organist. He has a music studio. And I said that I want you to also discuss with him how much we'll give him for this evening's meeting. And he said, he, he asked me, she asked me, how much should I? I said, oh, any amount he will take. His TNT and something for Kempinski and stuff. Hello? Now watch this. Watch this. I know this guy. I've known him for the past 12 years. Menenin Kasada. Momo Wanga but because he was coming to do something for me in church, I realized that I am committed to giving him money. If there's nothing you are doing for God, he's not committed to giving you anything. Did you get it? And so God has nothing to, my God, God has nothing to give you if he has nothing to do with you. Your commitment to the kingdom of God guarantees God's commitment to you. Hello? Can I say it again? Your commitment to the kingdom of God, to the advancement of God's purpose, guarantees God's commitment to you. See, as I walk here so, like an Asian man who say, I know that no one can kill me just like that. You can't get up and just say, no, you can't kill me. It's not possible. It is not. Somebody say, why? Ask me why. Now, I'm pretty sure that most of you guys maybe may, may have the strength to flaw me physically. Maybe. Especially when I'm fasting like this. Okay? So if I see that you can flaw me, I, I will just locate your ear and I'll just bite you. That's all. Like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, dear Jesus. But I am conscious of the fact that there is a level of protection on me. Why? Because Hello? There, 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 is a, there is an aspect of his will that he has committed to me in this end time. I am a custodian of God's purpose. I am a custodian of God's intentions. It qualifies me for divine protection. It is not because of how I look, sir. Physically, I may be frail. But spiritually, ah, Elijah said to his servant, they that be for us are more than those who are against us. I am conscious that I am addicted to the kingdom, so the kingdom is addicted to me. You can't kill me, sir. You can't. You try, you die. You try, 
them die, say the kingdom come. Ah, say the kingdom come. Come on, say the kingdom come. Ha, ah, that is why I told that church, let, 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 them, let them baptize you in a swimming pool of coronavirus. It can't kill you. It doesn't mean be foolish. But the Bible said that, ah, oh, <laughs> I'm getting to my element. I, I don't want to scream today. I want to be calm. But I said the thing is coming. Hello? <laughs> I think, did I tell you one time? When this corona thing happened, in the, in the height of the coronavirus, bro, one day, I woke up in the morning, Reverend Amaris, and my temperature was up. <laughs> my nose was running. I was coughing. You see, as I did, symptoms ringing and me experience you. And the more I thought about it, the more I got sick. I'm like, hey, so should I quarantine myself? And what will happen to the people in the house? Should I tell I'm going on waiting somewhere? Then I'll run away. Three days, sir, I was getting sick and sick and sick. One morning I said, what are you talking about? What nonsense corona is that? I said, what nonsense? What nonsense? Say what nonsense. No, say what nonsense. Went to the kitchen, took communion. Took uh, some, was it, I think it was maybe Fanta or Sobolo or something. Yeah, Sobolo, yes. I blessed the Sobolo blood of Jesus. I took bread. I said, this is the blood. This is the body. I ate it. I said, from today, I'm going to town. I'm going to town. See, bro, some way, somehow, something in me tells me that I had it. I had it. But there is a greater that is in me. Ah, uh, have you not read that the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night? Ah, uh, something in me says you don't have it. I bless Sobolo. I bless butter bread. I took it. I said, Corona, follow me to town. Let's see. Follow me to town. Let's see. Follow me to town. My audacity is because I have something doing for God. My audacity is because I am pursuing. Can you say, Thy kingdom come? Oh, I feel like preaching now. Can you say, Thy kingdom come? God has no business with you if you are not doing God's business. Hello? God has no business with you if you are not doing His business. If what bothers God doesn't burden you, you don't bother him. <laughs> I remember one time, I took upon myself to lecture some people in my daddy's church. One lady was saying, Yes, why are some prophets and they think they are this? I was sitting down looking at her. I said, Oh, Mumu. Say, Mumu. I said, See ignorance. Sir, not all of us are the same. I'll help you with this and I'll close. Oh, I wish I'll come next week Sunday. I wish. Hello? I said, Darling, not all of us are the same. Can I tell you something? Hmm. Listen. Listen. Watch me. The only place where all of us are the same is when it comes to salvation. When it comes to the blood of Jesus and redemption. That one, ah, the Bible said, for God so loved the world 
Say the world. Say the world. Say the world. Ah, can I tell you something? God's love for you is not any less than the prostitute who went around my area last night. Around Muzuku. God loves that prostitute the same way he loves you. Comma, as far as salvation is concerned. But guess what? After he brings all of us into the kingdom, what separates us is your revelation and your pursuit. We are nepe. My memory example. I may, I like this example. Me and this girl. You receive ten thousand Ghana. I receive ten thousand Ghana. When you receive your money, the first thing you think about is Brazilian hair. Your next thought is Gucci bag. Your next thought is some safari. Come again. Heels. Yo, you okay, enlisted. Yeah, listen. Yeah, uh-huh. Number four, yeah, then. Hello. The love of God for her hasn't changed. But look at me. Oh, when I receive 10,000 Ghana, my first inclination is my tithe. My second inclination is my family. Because you don't start distributing money when you have not taken out your tithe. Your first subtraction is your tithe. So I take out my tithe. My second list is my family. The third list is the church. As I speak to you now, there are four people who are waiting for their rent. Four people. Rent. Rental. Somebody say rent. After their own, do them must go to school. I don't know why their school vacate so quickly. When they send the email that he has vacated, our vacate is I don't go to your school fees. At the school, Oh, just a month ago, you go to your school fees. They see our email. And I'm saying, is it a wrong email they sent to me or ah grab grab a few? Two weeks. Another school fees. Mention I deal with you. Say amen. Now listen, whilst we are joking, let's keep the focus. So when I get money, I think about all these things. In fact, I am more conscious about the needs of God's people than myself. What is do you think God would deal with us the same way? No, it's not possible. It is not possible. When you are in trouble, go to the manufacturer of Brazilian head will protect you. Go to Pele, he's the icon of Brazilian football. <laughs> 